space, isn't it? Having crossed the threshold on Wednesday, we find ourselves in the holy season of Lent. Traditionally, a season of self-reflection, repentance, and amendment of life, this year we enter Lent as a people exhausted by a pandemic, terrified by aggressive acts of war, and images of suffering at home and across the globe. If you are anything like me, I find myself waking from sleep in the very early hours of the morning with images of those fleeing war-torn Ukraine and 40 miles of tanks and troops moving toward those who are armed to resist. I am waking up most often with the image of the beautiful, innocent girl child gripping her stuffed animal and crying into its neck. And then we see her once again with her face pressed into the glass of the train car, still weeping with the word Papa on her lips. Papa, Abba, Dad, Daddy, all words referring to one we love and who loves us in return. It is equally difficult, to say the least, to read the first lesson from Deuteronomy this morning and not consider the promises of the divine to the people of Israel, the chosen people of God, and then not to feel our hearts break for the people of Ukraine, whose very lives are being destroyed as missiles fall all around them. And still, we are people of faith. We are people of resurrection hope, even in the midst of all of what we see and hear and hold our hearts hostage. We are people called by God to be healers and reconcilers amidst the world so torn apart by forces of evil. And so it is good that we are here. It is very good that we have crossed the threshold of Lent, a season not only to contemplate more deeply perhaps than ever before who and whose we are, but also a season perhaps to commit more faithfully and more boldly than ever before to becoming exactly who each of us is created to be, not simply a member in name only of the body of Christ, but let's be even more clear as we are to become exactly like the one we receive, Jesus Christ. This invitation to a Holy Lent gives us time to set aside the distractions, the disillusionment, the desires that can steal our attention away from the love of God and the love of neighbor. This holy season calls us to sacrifice, real sacrifice. Sacrifice, as Josh referred to it on Ash Wednesday, the kind of sacrifice that leads us away from clutching to the abundance of our own lives and toward the giving up of that abundance so that others may simply live with the dignity they were created to enjoy. 
Deuteronomy reminds us that God's promises are everlasting, not meant for one people in one season or place, but for all people in all times and in all seasons. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. Then you together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, read us, shall celebrate together with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. My friends, those words are spoken directly to us in these days and times. These words speak directly to the lives of those who reside among us, those who are still oppressed, marginalized, abused, violated, disregarded, and refuse the dignity of their belovedness as children of God. The message from Scripture is clear. And it ought to compel us to act as children of God among all the other children of God. Act in such a way that together with those we know and love, those who do look like us or act like us or those with whom we are easily most identified, are commanded as people of faith to join together with all others, not some others, all others who reside among us to celebrate the bounty intended for all God's people. All, not some. Wherever and whoever they are. For if we dare to call ourselves reconcilers, and we do here, then we must live into the sacrifices required of us as lovers of all. Not easy sacrifices required of us so that we might love more and more and so become like the one we receive. Yet we are those sorely afflicted by temptation and sin, are we not? Just like Jesus, we find ourselves driven, or so it seems, into the various places of wilderness in our own lives, struggling to survive all that so sorely tempts us day in and day out. It is important to remember that just like Jesus, just like Jesus, you and I as the baptized people of God are also full of the same Holy Spirit. On a good, loving, faithful, and courageous day, we remember that. And so we act in the loving, compassionate, self-sacrificing ways of Jesus. Yet on other days we forget, or we deny, or we stubbornly refuse to embrace our vocations as healers, reconcilers, lovers, doers of justice, and people of peace. And that is why the entirety of Lent, all 40 days, 
all 960 hours of Lent, call us, invite us, and I pray, compel us to repent of those things done and left undone and to amend our lives in whatever ways you know that to be true, to amend our lives individually and collectively so that we might become more and more like Jesus who resisted the temptations of insatiable hunger, of egregious greed, of oppressive power, of death, not life lived for God and for all of God's people. How are you? How are you? And before you answer with the reflexive, fine, I ask the question again. How are you really? On this first Sunday of Lent, remember the words of the Collect for Purity with which we begin our service. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. He already knows how we are. So let us individually and uh, collectively confess the truth that the divine loves and lavishes upon us his love. Let us speak the truth about the lives we live, the decisions we make, the sin we commit, the divinely given gifts we sometimes refuse, the sacrifices we are often unwilling to make. Let us confess, not so we will be forgiven, but in order that we will embrace the forgiveness we have already received through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us understand that groveling is not a Lenten discipline that we are called to embrace. We are to stand up it says it in one of our Eucharistic prayers. You have made us worthy to stand before you. So let us stand as people of faith, of people, as people of resurrection, hope, as people of peace, and as people of love. The truth of our salvation in Jesus Christ must be embraced time and time and time again by intentional witnessing to the truth that sets us all free the truth that's found in our faith in Jesus Christ and what compels us and commands us to become more and more like him. These 40 days and 40 nights of Lent can be a trek in the wilderness if we consent. What if, just what if, we hold fast to Jesus, knowing that we meet him right there. Sure, we will probably encounter demons of our own making or temptations of our own construction, shadowy truths that need to see the light of day finally if we are to be set free. And we will find Jesus in the midst of that wilderness because Jesus is always in the very places we need him to be as you and I find our hearts 
broken by the images we see before us, abroad and at our own doorstep, even within our own homes and within our own hearts. May we commit ourselves this holy season of Lent to meeting Jesus in the wildernesses of our own lives and receiving from him the embrace that sets us free, the abundant life that only he can offer us, that gives us hope to leave this place and meet and greet everyone along the journey as a child of God. Freely sharing all we have been given with all those we meet along the way. Lavishly, uncritically, inclusively, lovingly. And as we close our eyes to rest, I pray, may we find Jesus before us, leading us into the way of peace. Amen. <laughs>